A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, it is Jack Gill and welcome back to Daily News. I am today joined by Errol for this one. It is Friday the 8th of January. Liverpool are on tonight against Aston Villa. Um, Errol, there's loads of changes that we've heard yesterday and this morning about the game tonight. It will go ahead. Aston Villa have confirmed that this morning. I think Tom will show the tweet where Aston Villa have convert, have confirmed that it will go ahead. However, we know that due to a number of positive coronaviruses, uh, coronavirus cases within their camp, their first team will not be available to play the game, Errol, and therefore their side will be made up of under-23s and under-18s tonight. And quite simply, Errol, how the turntables? I know. It's 12 months, oh, well, just over 12 months ago, 13 months ago, the shoe was on the other foot, not because of Corona, but we had to field a young squad against them and now it's their turn to try and do it against us. I'm kind of... Obviously, it would have been better to just be able to play the full sem squad, but right now, with health and safety being at the top and the, the forefront of everybody's priorities, it's good that they're able to not postpone the game. I don't think there was any time in the calendar schedule to fit it in. So it's good that the, the under-23s are going to get given the opportunity and get the chance to step up. Um, it's a big opportunity for us now to, to really make a statement, hopefully get a win against them. Uh, definitely it's imperative that we you know we put four, five, six, seven, eight goals past them just to build our lads' confidence again uh, and get us into that fourth round draw. Absolutely. The the draw is on Monday. I believe yeah. the, the fourth round is in two Home. So it would have been incredibly difficult for, for Villa to play that game if it had been postponed. And certainly, Errol, there would have been questions asked if they did postpone the game, especially the situation being that Liverpool were in last season in, in the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup where we were forced to play it, even though we were playing just 24 hours later in Qatar. Yeah, absolutely. So I think obviously it's slightly different conversations, but same regulations. So, you know, it, it, it can't be one rule for one and another for the other team. So I think it's good that they are finding any way to get the game sorted for tonight. And to be fair, you know what? It's an opportunity for those those under 23s for them. It's a massive, massive opportunity for us, though. And I just hope that we can just be prepared for it. And it, the news hasn't affected too many of our players' mindsets of how they approach the game. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Let us know in the comments what you think regarding the Liverpool side tonight. Do you think Jürgen Klopp's plans should be changed by this news with Aston Villa? Do you think he should rest more of our key players, play maybe a few more of our young stars? Let us know what you think down below in the comments. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that. A, a bit of an injury update that Ian Klopp provided us with yesterday, Errol. Um, he said that Naby Keita is still not ready for tomorrow. I think uh, for tonight. Sorry, I think a lot of people hoped that Naby Keita would be available. Um, Joel Matip still unavailable, but hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be back for the United game. And Diogo Jota is still wearing a knee brace and is therefore a few weeks off. Um, you know, 
Errol, we, we knew the Jota thing. We expected he wouldn't be back till the end of January. Yeah. Um, good news about Matip, but how, how frustrating is it, these these constant niggling injuries for, for Naby Keita? His, his body just keeps breaking down, doesn't it? And it, I, I feel sorry for him because it's like he comes back showing all the potential that the, he, he's got and the, and the reason we paid the money for him. And then within this, you know, he might even finish the game and come off. And then a couple of days later, it's, it's like he bangs his toe on the corner of the bed and he's broken all over again. Do you know what I mean? And it, he's just got no luck in, in the injury department, really. And I feel sorry for him, but it, it's happened enough times now that makes me think, this is part of his makeup, and ultimately, I don't think we can hang around waiting for him to to be a full strength because there's no guarantee on the run of the, the experience or the past experience we've had with him that he, he is going to be strong enough to be able to be, or not even strong enough, robust enough is probably the right word to use. I don't know if he's going to be robust enough for this squad for the long term, um, and that's really, really disappointing. That because he was all expecting so much from him as a, as a, as a talent. Yeah, there's there's no doubt in his ability. You know, when we see him in a Liverpool shirt, he impresses. Uh, he's yeah. outstanding every time he, he wears it, and he certainly improves our squad and, and our starting eleven when he when he starts. You know, his creativity that he provides us with is outstanding. And you know, he's he creates in the middle of the park, which isn't something that we're, we're notorious for at the minute, and that's why it's such a huge loss for us to not have that asset in the in the starting eleven or even on the bench to bring on. But you know, you know, we've been patient with him, uh, and you know, it's a result based business football, do you know what I mean? He's got to start providing the goods and if his body's not up to scratch, you know, the writing's almost on the wall for Naby in my eyes and I, I just don't don't know how he can force his way back in on the long term. I think the same can be said about Joel Matip as well though, mate, um, because, you yeah. know, he's, he's growing, he's, you know, making me more and more frustrated with it because these these sort of times when you got two centre backs out for the season, you need to rely on on your you know third and, and fourth choice centre backs. But Joel Matip isn't one that we can rely on at the moment. These niggling injuries are becoming more and more frustrating, and especially if we we can't go and sign someone in in January in, in centre back because of the coronavirus, which we'll, we'll talk about in a moment. But that 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 shows that the Matip situation is more and more frustrating for us. Oh, absolutely. I think with the likes of Matip as well, when we we know his quality, but when you've got Gomez and when you've got Van Dijk there fit and ready, you, you're okay if he's out injured because you're just like, just be just be ready and on the off chance that one of them are injured. Just be ready for when we need you, when you know, they are, they're not able to play and get on the pitch. And then all of a sudden we've been hit with a, two long-standing injuries to our, our, our key centre-offs and he now just can't battle his way through a, a long-sustained spout of period or a period of fitness and I just think as a defender more than anything else they're meant to be they're meant to be the most you know I'd say they're meant to be the toughest of them do you know what I mean especially with the niggler ones you can understand someone ruptured an ACL or something like that you know what I mean big injuries but in terms of the niggler and little ones and the little strains and the going strains you don't expect to get them from your big you know six foot whatever centre halves do you really? No absolutely not and it's one of them things where like fingers crossed and everything that Fabinho and Matip are absolutely nowhere near any of the side traveling to, to Villa Park today because if they've got positive coronavirus cases that's the last thing we need um, but moving on we, we mentioned it there uh, Liverpool are unlikely to sign a centre-back in January this comes from Jurgen Klopp's press conference yeah. yesterday um, yeah he, he said that we're unlikely to sign a centre-back and that is because of the coronavirus pandemic, he talks about how if it was any other period of time, then perhaps Liverpool would 
certainly be looking in the market for bringing someone in now but with obviously the measures and and uh, everyone being a bit more careful with money it makes it more difficult and Liverpool certainly aren't going to rush in to sign anyone Errol you don't expect Klopp to say anything different do you no not this month anyway with the with the way things are and obviously I think the announcement of going into lockdown at the start of the week has probably had an impact as well. And I think they've looked at the finances of the club and they've taken a look to say we're probably not in the best financial shape right now to go out and splash out on, on another centre-back. It, it, it's disappointing because I think as fans, that's it's you know anyone who watches football will be able to tell you right now Liverpool need defenders. Um, you know, it, it's the worst-kept secret in the Premier League at the, at the minute. Um, but at the same time, you, you kind of do understand Klopp stance and, and where it is, the market is probably we're probably gonna have to pay over the odds to get something that is what we'd consider a stopgap. It's not like we can buy and dip into the market right now to get the next Virgil van Dijk. And don't worry, he'll come in and he'll steady the ship for us. And you know it's worth paying the sixty to seventy-five million pound again. I don't think there is a, a, a centre back out there that can provide us that. I mentioned something earlier in the week with the lads when we was doing the podcast and, and said, you know had things been slightly different and we wouldn't have drawn Leipzig for the Champions League, we, you know, we, we might have been able to do some business with them in January for one of their two centre-backs that they've got. But the way it is at the moment, I'm not surprised that Klopp's come out and said this. Do I think we'll get another Stephen Corker or, 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 or you know, a Clavan in over the line before the end of the season? I'm not 100% sure, but it will not be end of the season, be end of the transfer window. I'm not 100% sure, but feel like we just need numbers we need bodies I, I don't think Liverpool would pay the wages and, and bring someone in if they're they're not planning on using them and that's why I can't see someone like Stephen Corker or, or, or that sort of signing coming in however uh, I've said this numerous times I do not think um, that with this season everything going on that we can win the title if we don't bring someone in to, to help us at centre-back um, this, in this window I, I, I genuinely don't and let me know what you think in the comments but that's my personal opinion you know with everything going on you can almost expect Fabinho to miss a couple of weeks and if we don't have Gomez or Van Dijk for for the rest of the season and we don't see them coming back in then for me that that is a big worry and I do think we need to bring someone in in January for for security more than anything else especially when you're pushing for that title we're pushing for the Champions League as well um who knows how far we're going to get in the cup um I think it's just going to get growingly more difficult but let us know what you think um a centre-back that as been spoken about that Liverpool are interested in, David Alaba. Um, there was a lot of stuff over the last couple of days on this era. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it, but I saw something saying that Liverpool are preparing to offer him a €10 million Euro package. Um, but David Maddock has come out and said that David Alaba is financially out of reach. Something that I expected, Errol. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, I, I did, to be fair. And I think his ambition is to go and play in Spain, uh, whether that's for Barcelona or for Real Madrid, I think is his preferred option. Um, so, he, ideally, you know, obviously he would be a perfect fit for us and what we need. But as I say, if, if we're going to be priced out of it and the package is going to be too much for us, I can understand why we, we won't get his signature come the summer. Yeah, I expect him to go to Real Madrid. Um, moving on, um, I thought this was very interesting. Uh, I saw a tweet yesterday saying that Liverpool are preparing to seduce Kylian Mbappe with a nice little deal. Um, so I've put on the agenda here that Liverpool are preparing to wine and dine 
Kylian Mbappe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is one of the worst kept secrets, really, Errol. I I don't think it is a secret, Um, but it's one of those things where everyone is talking about Liverpool possibly being in for Kylian Mbappe. I think it rests upon all the Salah stuff that we've seen over the last few weeks and months, people saying that this may be the summer where we see Mohamed Salah leaving Liverpool. Um, Kylian Mbappe, Mm -hmm. obviously, a really, really good young talent. I don't think there's any top European club that won't want Kylian Mbappe and his contract situation at PSG is very interesting. Obviously, of course, they've just brought Maurizio Pochettino in as their new manager. So I think a lot depends on the relationship that they build as player and manager. Um, Errol, we'd love for Mbappe, wouldn't we? Mbappe 2021? Why? Why not? I, I, like we've been saying for a while, we you know we could do with another big marquee signing, but it's where do you fit them? And normally when you get these big marquee signings, they are going to be the ones that are the goal scorers that get you off your seat, that get people excited, and he fits that bill 100%. The only thing is he fits that bill. He's not going to come to a Liverpool squad like this and sit on the bench. So we've all been kind of under the impression that it means one of the front three have to make way. Um, And with the current news or the most recent news about Mohamed Salah, it would make sense that it would be one out and then one in. Um, And for me personally, we could do with, you know, uh, upgrading that front three again and and revitalising it a little bit. So it's a little bit fresher than it has been over the last, I'd say the last eight months, really. But at the same time, you know, a bird in the hand is sometimes better than two in the bush. So I, I, you know, I wouldn't want to just see Salah go and then the next minute Mbappe doesn't come because then we're not in any better situation, are we, as Liverpool fans? Um, and I don't want to be greedy and try and have all four of them because it's just that'd be an impossible thing to try and keep them happy. The fact as a, as a club now that we're able to be in the same conversation as the world's elite players again, and the, you know they're opting to have conversations with you know Michael Edwards and the Liverpool the family and see what what, what we can offer them. I just think it just shows how strong we, we've grown in the last three, four years. So I'll, I'll take that as, you know, a bit of a confidence boost and, a, you know, good, it's good to stroke our ego with. But at the same time, it would be fantastic to do a bit of business like that because from the marketing side of things, the, the, the size of the contract that he'd be on, the length of the contract that he'd be on, we'd have him for another couple, three, four years. And, you know, we'd be hitting some scary heights with him. That's why we signed the deal with Knight, didn't we, did for, for, for moves like this. And people would be saying, hang on, you just said David Alaba. Yeah. Is out of out of reach economically, but it's a completely different signing. You know, Mbappe would be for the next five, six years, whereas Alaba is coming towards the end of his career, really. Whereas Mbappe has his whole future ahead of him. You know, the shirt set. And and exactly, yeah. he, he pays for himself. Yeah. You know, two seasons of Mbappe and and what he could do on the pitch, and, and you know, his output on the pitch for us, he would pay for himself in in, in his initial deal. You know, and, you know, two years down the line, we'd be talking about a contract extension and and, and a bigger wage package for him. So I don't doubt he could come to the Prem and tear it up definitely he's just you know he's a natural baller um, whether it's a piece of business that Liverpool could execute oh, it's got us all in dreamland and, and right now we just need we, we need every little bit to be able to be optimistic it definitely about. doesn't seem to be going away does it um, finally we've got Marco Gruic who admits he's been confused by the mixed messages given to him by Jurgen Klopp um, in get him back and be a <laughs> Recall him as a centre-back. It's an interesting one because I know for Porto, when he first moved there, he, he wasn't getting much game time. Obviously, he's, he's there on loan at the moment. Um, 
it's interesting because when he went on loan to, to Hertha Berlin last season, Errol, we were told that he'd come back this season and be a part of the squad. But we know that this Liverpool squad grows and, and gets better season by season under Jurgen Klopp. And the it's a Absolutely, because every time Gruwich has played for Liverpool, and at the start of the season, don't forget in the Cups, he, he played one or two games for us. I thought he played really, really well. And mm. I wouldn't have been surprised if Klopp decided to keep him in and around the squad for this season. W were you surprised when he went out on loan? Uh, to be honest, not I wasn't surprised. No, to be completely honest, I wasn't because he he hasn't done enough. To, you know, he was one of the first top signings, wasn't he? I think if, if that's correct, and he just hasn't done enough to obviously make that impression in club squad to say that he could be an integral part of that midfield engine room. Can could we have foreseen what would have happened with the likes of? Um, Gomez and Van Dijk, no. So there would have been no cause to really keep hold of him and think, well, we might have to utilise you in, in a defensive role at some point, maybe, um, and, and give you that kind of experience. So from, from my perspective, I understand, again, why he's been loaned back out. I think it's now about keeping a player like him, keeping his value, trying to get him as much game time with Porto and, and trying to sell him in, in, in the summer, really, just for the good of the player as well. I think he, he's been with us long enough now. If it was going to happen... If he was going to have a career with Liverpool, uh, he would have made his mark on this squad by now. And unfortunately, he's just not hit those heights. Absolutely. Let's go into the comments then. Um, on the Villa game tonight, Jedi6x says, does that mean we're playing our kids? Richard Farmer says, no, he needs to play the first team. We need a win. Stuart Wisby has a starting lineup prediction. He says it should be Alisson, Milner, Cometio, Williams, Williams, Thiago, Oxley, chamberlain Jones, Mane, Minamino and Salah. Um, Dukeski YNWA says, we are on a hiding to nothing tonight, expected to win and win comfortably. Errol, it, really quickly, it, it, it's interesting this, isn't it? Because on the one hand, I'm thinking, you know what, rest every first team player right now because, you know, we're playing the kids. Maybe Klopp will change his plans. But actually, it'd be very difficult for Klopp to change his plans on, on 24 hours notice. Yeah, I don't think he should either. I think he should stick to his gut instinct and just get the lads that need the game time playing, get the get a bit of rhythm in the legs, get a little bit of confidence back in them. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, there was no harm to just smash them 8-0 tonight. Do you know what I mean? Like, a couple of goals from all over the pitch. I, you know, I want the front three to all get in on the act. I'd like someone from midfield, you know, even at any anywhere on that pitch, they, they can give us a few if they want and gift us a couple because we could take what we can get them now. Um, but I just think for the confidence in terms of sticking with, players that need a little bit of rhythm as well I think you know pack the bench with some options that can say if the game's well and truly in our control then yeah we can take our foot off our gas and we can manage the game in terms of the personnel that we choose to bring on but I think it's it's essential that the you know the first 45 minutes we cheated as if it is the Aston Villa first team squad absolutely um can we win the league without a centre-back signing Naeem Kamali says no <laughs> Um, Shakur Amir says it's a tough one I don't think we will win it but it's very possible after all this is Jurgen Klopp Stuart Wisby says we can and we will win the league if Klopp wanted to put Bobby there I'd be okay hashtagging Klopp we trust um, Errol what do you make of this really quickly before we finish um, it makes it a lot more difficult the one thing I, I would if we don't I, I just wonder if this is there a style change between now and the end of the season that Klopp plays in the Prem to try and secure us the title. I understand at the start of the season he was like, we're going to attack the title and that's how we're going to defend it is the best way to defend is to attack it. But now we're in the mix. Uh, we're not in the form of our life and we haven't got the, the personnel required to really see out certain games, I don't feel. 
I think he might look to have a, a, a different tactic in terms of the style of play we use in the Premier League come February and March, just to try and secure points in the bag. Because uh, I, I think with Fabinho, he's done a, an amazing job there and at the levels. It's just not being able to have the consistency, someone alongside him. And I think if we would have been able to say, right, Matip, you could give him 12 games in the Prem alongside him, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. I think this conversation rests on the fact that there's no senior person that can stand next to Fabinho and do his job to that standard. Absolutely. I think if Liverpool don't sign a centre-back, it possibly means that Jurgen Klopp is, expect, is expecting Van Dijk or Gomez to be back before the end of the season. Um, thank you, Errol, for this. Thank you, Tom, behind who you can't see on the ones and twos. Um, hope you all have a good weekend and enjoy the game tonight, which could be very interesting. Cheers, guys. We'll see you soon. Ta-ra.